I'll be doing this uh, recording or this session uh, via two means. One is video, one is podcast. And uh, it's up to you uh, to choose your preferred medium of uh, tuning in or tapping into my knowledge. Today's uh, video is more about, uh, yes, today's 21st June. It's about addressing three questions that uh, community members have asked me. So two of them are from this community member, JWD2 Syat. Okay, I'm just going to read off the responses. Uh, so his first question was, uh, Min An, that night, that coaching night, Eric mentioned that one of my reads dropped by 50%. Uh, why am I so st still so steady? Right? Uh, thought Adley mentioned if interest rate dropped, then good. Not share price, isn't it? When I started understanding more about the, uh, my investments, um, actually my response to him uh, is kind of straightforward. Uh, imagine we got two, we got two very good cars. Okay, so if you happen to be on the watching the video, uh, actually I'll just read it off. So both he and I got very good quality cars. Uh, so we use it to earn our passive income. But however, the thing is that the petrol price went up. We are still confident that the car still can last for sixty five years and is able to generate value, which is our passive income. So I would be sad when the price of my petrol goes up. Because in order to generate that value, in fact, the cost has gone up. So that was how, uh, my, how I responded back to him. Thus, uh, in my investments, right, I always want to make sure that I'm super cool. Uh, any capital gains is all uh, a bonus because I can never control the stock market price. But definitely what's certain is the passive income that I can get from the investment. Of course, everyone has different investment objectives, you may have different opinions, but uh, this is how my brain was processing when I read his question. My ending question back to him is that, will he be steady when the share price of the stock that he bought falls 50%? Then there was another question, same uh, committee member, since margin of safety of Fraser Center Point is 20%, which is great, can he still invest since property yield is higher than average cost of debt and borrowing cap by only 1 to 2%? When I look at this question, I needed to separate these two things because one is uh, everything to do with share price. The margin of safety has something to do with your share price. Whereas the property yield and the cost of debt is a business metric. Most of the time, I will put my assessment of the share price, margin of safety to the last. I always look at the business metric first, right? Because I am business owner, I want to own the buildings. When we look at property yield, uh, there is something very subjective about this uh, ratio that I want, uh, that I need you to be aware. So property yield is basically the value or the rental income that you can extract from property over the total property value in the balance sheet of your REIT. The next question you might want to take note is how do they get the value? So normally a REIT manager will get three independent assessors to assess the value of the property in order to make sure there's a fair and equal assessment. Most of the time you heard this cliche, beauty is in the eye of the beholders, right? A particular property at a particular site we have very good amenities is supposed to be of value. Everyone sees that value differently. Thus, 
when I know it is such a subjective assessment, most of the time I will just take note that okay, this is a subjective assessment. If the person really likes that, uh, that area there, he may place a higher value in that property. So if you want to be more, even more conservative, but I have not done it until now, uh, it is to go back and look through the whole history, find out when, what was the purchase price of this building. Be it whether from the sponsor or be it whether the REIT manager bought the building from a, ex, from a third party and use that as a, as a gauge. That is the, uh, my response to his question about the margin of safety versus the property yield and uh, versus cost of debt. And that led me to the third point, uh, which is about income support. Because incidentally, one of the committee members, unexpected, he posted this link. Uh, so if you're tuning in via the podcast, I'll read off the headline. First read, units tumble 21.5% after LiPo says it cannot sustain rental support. What I'm going to use is the business model canvas uh, to illustrate. Okay, right now I'm just tuning to my PowerPoint, uh, but no worries for the listeners on the podcast. Uh, you can basically go and Google this uh, business model canvas, or if you want, uh, once you're able to access the video, you can uh, go to the YouTube channel and view it. But in a nutshell, the business model canvas has nine uh, segments, right? Key partners, key activities, key resources, value propositions, customer relations, Ships, channels, and customer segments followed by it needs to be supported by the cost structure and the revenue structure. So be it any business models, or perhaps there are only a few things that the any business model must ultimately achieve. First, cash flow to make sure that it avoids bankruptcy. Two, when I am an investor, I'm investing for the net profits. So these are the two things that regardless any business models, he still needs to achieve. For this first read, uh, because I have no vested interest, if you happen to be a unit holder of first read, I need to apologize, you have to do your own homework. But what I can uh, just quickly capture certain informations from that uh, picture or that headline and just input it into the business model canvas. So what I'm going to do right now is that I'm going to go into this canvas and uh, start inserting certain things uh, at the leftmost box the key partners that's where we have the sponsor or, or, or we know as lipo lah. okay so i'm writing the word sponsor at the leftmost box titled key partners uh, most of the time sponsors have two key roles either at the key resource they can put in a building okay in order to allow the REIT to have rental space to rent out to any tenants. Okay. In this case of income support, it is kind of different. When I was doing one of the videos uh, which I recorded on 13 November 216, you might just want to go to my YouTube channel, search the keyword uh, income support. Uh, I discovered that one of my REIT right, was also having this little income support back to this first read how do you tumble 21.5 percent uh, i want to come from the business uh, point of view the thing that i will do next is to find out what is the size of this income support and how long it is because uh, 
it, right now, if I go back to the business model canvas and I use another different color, I use a purple color, it's the same case, a sponsor, right? However, what it was doing is that at the revenue stream box, it was giving some income support. Most of the time when uh, there is this income support, uh, there are only there are about a few scenarios why uh, there will be income support. First, when a REIT uh, buys a new building, right? There's, uh, there are vacant spaces, but the developer may say that, oh no, I'm going to support the rental, a particular fixed amount of rental uh, for how many years. What the REIT manager really needs to do is that during this income support, they have to go and find legitimate customers, which if it's not done, it affects the rental space and it also is going to affect the amount of dividends we will receive back as unit holders. So this business model canvas, um, you can use it to assess almost any REIT or any business or what our REIT managers or business managers intend to do. At the end for the whole business to function properly, it always have to have a revenue stream and uh, cost structure at any point of time where there's certain gaps so that is where uh, we need to do our research work to go and uh, understand more about that particular stock that we want to invest today's 21st june wanted to address these three different uh, three different questions but i think the one on the uh, first read tumbling 21.5 percent that's the key thing that i really want to address in this uh, podcast or, or youtube video or wherever you're watching it from Hey, thanks for investing your time to tune in to this podcast. I would really want to know if this podcast has brought you any value, whether you listen to one podcast or 9,000 of them that I'll create in the future. If you could take a moment, and I know you're busy, but I'm still asking, and you don't have to do it, but you'll mean a lot to me if you left a review of this podcast, whether it's one star or five, that's irrelevant because what I'm looking forward to is an honest score and an honest couple sentences of why this podcast has brought you value. Thanks for your time.